of St. Louis original podcast. A lot going on across the region, so let's get you up to date from our KMOX reporters in the St. Louis All Local. Today is Monday, February 26th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey sending cease and desist letters to area school districts, warning them against what he calls discriminatory practices. Bailey tells KMOX he received tips from parents in the Lindbergh, Webster, and Parkway school districts. These are cease and desist letters. We're putting these school districts on notice that discrimination based on race or religion is illegal under the Constitution, it's illegal under federal law, and certainly under state law as well. Lindbergh Schools responds to say that Bailey does not have any legal grounds and he did not reach out to obtain accurate information before posturing on social media. Lindbergh says no students, regardless of race, are rejected from the gifted program if they meet IQ requirements and those are established by the state. Bailey claims Parkway Schools discriminated against students forming religious-based clubs like the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. In a statement to KMOX, Parkway says the accusations are unfounded and all four high schools Schools have active, long-standing FCA and other religious-based clubs. We believe the letter is ridiculous. Derek Duncan with Webster Grove Schools' official response to Attorney General Andrew Bailey's cease and desist letter. Bailey accuses the district of violating the Civil Rights Act of 1964 with an adopted goal to, quote, attract, support, and retain staff who at the minimum reflect the diversity of the student population, close quote. There is nothing wrong with our stated goal. And it is certainly not unlawful race-based hiring. Duncan says the district doesn't foresee making any policy changes as a reaction to that letter. Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. Several of Missouri Central Bus Company's workers walked off the job in protest of a racial incident, leaving several St. Louis public schools without transportation today. The NAACP is now digging into the incident, which President Adolphus Pruitt says involved an employee finding a noose. Subsequently reported it to his immediate supervisors and HR. He was a little bit upset with the fact that the person immediately reported it to. The employee was told that the inspections were more important. Eventually, Missouri Central Bus Company's HR our department did get involved. He expressed that his work environment has been somewhat hostile even prior to finding the news. Maria Kina, KMOX News. SLPS canceled all after-school activities today and advises parents to make arrangements for transportation for tomorrow. An Illinois man who killed his then-girlfriend's mother in a house fire will spend most of the rest of his life behind bars. The maximum penalty of 50 years in prison. That's what Michael Sloan received after pleading guilty to first-degree murder and a fire-related death of the mother of his then-girlfriend in Troy, Illinois, back in September of 2022. Illinois State Attorney Tom Haynes says the victim's family felt like this was justice. I think the family took a lot of solace from that fact. Uh, in effect, this is a life sentence. Yeah. Sloan is 42 years of age, so he will not be released until he is in his 90s. Outside the Madison County Criminal Justice Center, Sean Malone at KMOX News. Jefferson County deputies and detectives involved in a fatal shooting are on paid leave pending an investigation. The man killed allegedly made terrorist threats to the Jefferson County Courthouse. Grant Bissell says since Friday there was a plan to get the man into a mental health care facility. When the subject of the warrant went inside, he locked the front door. The other individual inside the home unlocked the back door to the house and allowed the deputies to enter the home there. There were three, there were two deputies and a detective. When they got inside, um, the individual who they were trying to arrest allegedly grabbed a hammer and was uh, acting aggressively and threateningly toward the, uh, the officers. 
He died at the scene. His name is not released. The Cardinals sign a veteran. There is a possibility that the Cardinals could begin the season with Tommy Edmond on the injured list. If that's the case, the club does not have a bona fide backup at shortstop, but that might be changing. The club is reportedly signing free agent Brandon Crawford, according to Katie Wu of The Athletic. He has spent his entire career with the Giants as a shortstop, but reports indicate that he is open to more of a utility-type role playing second and third as well. The Cardinals have not confirmed the report. Last season, Crawford had the worst offensive and defensive season of his career. In Jupiter, Florida, Matt Pauley, KMOX Sports. It's not until the end of September, but the lineup for the 2024 Evolution Festival in Forest Park revealed today. We wanted the Killers last year. Killers are one of the biggest rock act that plays festivals around the country. Also, Beck, Jane's Addiction, another great rock and roll act. One of my favorites, <laughs> talk about iconic, is Blondie. That's Steve Shankman of Contemporary Productions, who promises there is something for everyone. Tickets go on sale Wednesday. Does it count as a state street if the state's name is misspelled? A street sign saying Wyoming on it with an N was installed at the intersection of Wyoming and Morgan Ford of the weekend. The Riverfront Times notes it was a different shape than most city street signs. This morning, the RFT found a traffic division employee out out in a bucket truck swapping out the sign for a regular one which does pass the spell check. Cease and desist letters are sent to three local school districts from the office of Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. His action claims that, first of all, Webster Grove schools are discriminating on the basis of race in hiring, Lindbergh schools in admittance to the gifted program, and Parkway schools on the basis of religious groups. Thank you for being with us, Mr. Bailey. Hey, Michael, thank you so much for having me on. So first of all, how did you come to be aware of these allegations? Uh, I don't see any subpoenas, so what kind of uh, evidence do you already have to uh, kind of bear these out? Well, we've had parents reach out in each of these instances and alert us to these racist and discriminatory policies at the schools. And in the case of Lindbergh, at least, the the district published the policy, or at least a portion of it online. And so we've taken not only uh, statements from witnesses, but also uh, conducted independent investigation. And these are cease and desist letters. We're putting these school districts on notice that discrimination based on race or religion is illegal under the Constitution. It's illegal under federal law and certainly under state law as well. Now, in the, the Lindbergh letter, you write, if these reports are true, Lindbergh School District is discriminating on the basis of race in both uh, direct violation of both state and federal law. Now, that word, if these reports are true, Lindbergh says we're deeply disappointed that he did not reach out to us first to obtain accurate information before posturing on social media with a statement that is not grounded in facts. Uh, what facts do you have behind these then? Well, that they had it published on their website. And we've had parents report in that they are, in fact, using race-based criteria for their gifted programs. They've lowered the threshold criteria for quote-unquote underrepresented racial or ethnic populations, and the district policy is to achieve a 20% equity index. That means that they're going to allow certain people into programs that maybe have not qualified for those programs, and that's discriminatory against the people that they're lowering the threshold to as well, because that means that those individuals are going to constantly have a stigma attached about how they did or didn't get into this kind of program. So these types of programs are, are illegal under Missouri law, and we will pursue whatever means necessary to put a stop to it. Yeah, taking a look at Lindbergh, they sent a, a letter uh, responding to this. They say they do have a goal for certain demographics to be included in programs, but they don't uh, exclude anybody, and they also don't just let anybody in. At least the district says every student who meets the selection requirements gets to get in, and all students do have to meet IQ requirements that are established by the state to get in. 
Well, that then the question then becomes, why are they publishing the fact that they've lowered the threshold criteria for underrepresented racial or ethnic populations? What they're telling you there is that anybody who meets the standard gets in. But what they're not saying is whether or not the standard is the same across all ethnic and, ra- and racial lines. Now, these districts are responding strongly. Parkway sent us uh, one that says uh, the accusations are unfounded that all four high schools uh, have longstanding fellowship of Christian athletes clubs, and they have uh, Jewish Student Union, the Muslim Student Union, the Catholic Faith Club uh, in all of their high schools. What's the reaction to Parkway? Yeah, certainly. I hope that that's true, and I hope that the evidence bears that out because discrimination based on, on religion is still discriminatory. And the reports that we had was, was that the school district was interfering with a, a group of students who were trying to form a fellowship of Christian and athletes club. And we need more of these types of faith-based clubs in these schools. And again, these are clubs that meet after school and don't use, uh, don't interfere with the regular learning uh, of the school. So these are important clubs and, and certainly are protected under the constitution and Missouri law. And what's the concern? Is it, is it that the clubs are allowed to exist or the support of the clubs or, or what's the concern with Parkway? Well, all of the above. I mean, look, the clubs absolutely have a right to exist, and the students have a right to form these clubs, but the school has to allow that process to play out. And if the school is vexed, harassing, or delaying that process or interfering with the student's ability to form these clubs, that equally is problematic. And the the last school district involved, Webster Groves, they uh, sent a letter that says that your letter was, quote, ridiculous. Uh, The Webster Groves School District has not and will not discriminate against anyone in hiring based on the person's race. However, the district is interested in having a diverse faculty, uh, the district says. And so where exactly does the, the district go awry here? Well, if the district is using a DEI program or using racial preference in interviewing applications or prioritizing applications or hiring, Again, that is discriminatory. And so what they're saying is that they have some aspiration of diversity. Well, how are they achieving that aspiration? If it's to uh, promote certain races over others, that is, in fact, discriminatory. Where does it cross the line if the district is really focusing on uh, recruitment and going uh, to try to encourage people to apply, but if they don't use that as criteria when they make the actual hiring decision? Well, it violates the law if somebody's given preferential treatment. Those lines get blurry, but at the end of the day, we're guided by the law, and there's ample case law to define where those lines are, and that certainly the school district has access to that law. Now, one of the things uh, that seems to be a trend with the, the reaction from the school districts, Lindbergh, for instance, is upset that you didn't ask first uh, before sending this letter and making it public. What kind of efforts um, have you had to engage these districts in dialogue before uh, kind of going public like this? Yeah, look, this has started with uh, Senator Eric Schmidt when he was state attorney general, and he sunshined several records from schools on several of these topics. And the schools are always resistant. They want to charge exorbitant fees or not allow the attorney general access to the records. And certainly at my office, we don't charge any fees for, for public records. So but we were setting the standard in access and transparency, and these school districts had not complied in the past. So there's a pattern of behavior here in resistance to outsiders looking in and getting a peek behind the curtain, and the other, that, which raises a whole other concern. And we certainly have seen this in the Winstall School District, where uh, the school boards are making decisions behind closed doors in closed meetings. And so we need to make sure that the schools are transparent, We've been in dialogue with schools in the past that has not been fruitful dialogue. And so at the end of the day, we're going to make sure that the law is followed. And this is the tool we have at our disposal. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, thank you for joining us on KMOX. Hey, thank you. Talk soon. I'm Michael Calhoun. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe, stay up to date, download the Odyssey app.